Welcome to Healing Hidden Wounds with Lee and Shea Preston, directors of Shadow of His Wings Ministry. We pray those who feel forgotten by Christ or who don't feel worthy to call upon the name of Jesus can come to find His hope, His grace, His healing, and ultimately, His love. Let's listen in as Lee and Shay seek to offer real answers to life's tough questions. Well, good evening. Thank you for joining us on this beautiful, sunny evening here in South Texas. It was a beautiful day. We are gearing up for summer here and enjoying this uh, nice spring weather. So we hope you've enjoyed it as well. You're joining Healing Hidden Wounds Radio. I'm Lee Preston. I'm here tonight with my beautiful wife, Shay. Hi, Shay. Good evening. Shay has her Jesus Freak t-shirt on tonight, so she is a Jesus Freak. So watch out. She's got lots to say. So we're With or without the shirt. I'm a Jesus Freak. That's right. So we're just glad to be here. Uh, our radio show is sponsored by Shadow of His Wings Ministry. It's a ministry that Shay and I uh, started with the, with the help and the uh, guidance of our Lord Jesus Christ and our wonderful Father who started this ministry almost nine years ago. Actually, it's been about nine years ago we started. And we are here to help folks find healing and hope and to help set the captive free. So we want to do the best that we can to, to uh, allow Jesus to speak through us tonight. So I'm going to start with a prayer. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being here tonight. We thank you for KSLR Radio. We also thank you, Jesus, for John, our radio, our board operator. And we thank you, Father, just for your blessings. We ask you, Jesus, just to speak through us tonight for your Holy Spirit, just to begin touching people as they are, are listening. Father, we're talking tonight about marriage and about uh, hurts in marriage and those marriages that... Uh, may even feel like there's no hope. And so I just pray, Father, that you'd help those listening to maybe turn up the volume for a little bit and just uh, to hear your words tonight on your best for marriage, your best for relationship. And we thank you, Jesus, for loving us. We thank you for giving us your hope and your future. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we are glad to be here tonight. Uh, we are going to talk a little bit about a marriage that may feel as if there's absolutely no hope. And uh, we wanted to talk about trying to, to work through the brokenness of marriage and restore God's best to a marriage that doesn't seem like it can be saved. Well, and, you know, I was thinking about this. I received a call um, just a few days ago from a wife that, you know, she had just kind of lost hope. She's like hanging on by a thread to any kind of hope she could, she could grab onto. And, um, she proceeded to tell me how, you know, her husband had gotten into some pornography and he's been in it for several years now. And, and, um, and because of this, uh, they have separated and, you know, so they're living in separate households and, you know, which is not always the best, you know, for trying to restore something. It makes sure. it even more of a challenge, I guess I should say. Absolutely. And uh, anyway, she was just asking me, you know, so, you know, what are the chances of, you know, us being able to restore our marriage? 
And, um, you know, and the, so I proceeded to talk to her about several things, and I'm, I'm thinking we're probably going to cover some of those things tonight, so I don't want to be a spoiler and, That's right. and start, start saying that. So, Well, it really is our hope to offer hope to marriages because we've worked with enough to know, and we've, we've been in our own marriage to know. We, so we've had some experience to know that, that marriages can be hard, and they're especially hard when there's betrayal in the marriage. Sure. Well, and it's like I tell folks, you know, it's not only marriages. You know, us as, as you know, in this human flesh, you know, it's relationships are hard. You know, and then when you get into the covenant of a marriage, you know, that that is that is more sacred, um, you know, that even intensifies the difficulty and, and I'm not saying that you should avoid it because, because it is very rewarding. You know, God blesses marriages. You are a reward. <laughs> but God blesses marriages and, um, and there's, re- there's a reward at the end, you know. I mean, how many of us have seen a video or, or something on YouTube that shows, you know, a couple that have been married 60, 65, 70 years, you know, and, and, and they, uh, you know, and they're just, their lives have been just brought together through storms. You know, you don't see that in those videos, but, sure. you know, you can bet, you know, that there's been times when, hey, they've, you know, they've probably really, you know, gone at each other for one reason or another. It may not be for as difficult as this situation where, you know, maybe it's pornography or maybe adultery or any of those kinds of things, but you never know. Sure. You know, because the foundation and, and working through the hard things, even if it's being unfaithful or an unfaithful husband or spouse, wife, um, you know, you can work through those things and... You know, and the reward at the end, it just makes it stronger. Absolutely. And, and isn't it interesting? Cause, you know, a challenge is, is to look at marriage as it's not always making us happy, but making us more like Christ. Sometimes being married, I mean, I can tell you in our marriage, <laughs> in our marriage, you, you've sharpened me. You call me to a higher place. He's trying to say that uh, he's he's getting a little more like Christ every day. <laughs> That's right, because of the crucible that I live in. No, I'm just right. playing. Um, but truly, marriage is not always about being happy all the time. It is also about finding who you are as you mirror who that other person Amen. shows you to be. Because it's not it's by your help that shows me who I am and what I need to work on and what are things that I don't always do well. And that's a great place. I know it doesn't feel great all the time, but marriage isn't about being absolutely blissful and happy, but about being content in knowing who Christ determines that you are, about finding your identity in him and allowing your marriage to be, to be grown by him. We are also all, we also are a call-in show. We'd like to, to offer a number in case you have comments or questions or you have something that you'd like to share about your own marriage. Maybe you're struggling in your marriage right now as you're listening. Uh, our number is locally 210-340-9585. And we would love to hear from you. Uh, any comments or just a question you might have. Again, we are talking about a hard, issue 
Uh, we're talking about betrayal in marriage. Sometimes betrayal is by pornography. Sometimes it's by uh, adultery, uh, having an affair, uh, having multiple affairs. Emotional affairs. Emotional affairs. And so any of those things, if it's rocked your marriage, if it's caused your marriage to be on some unsure footing, that's kind of what we're going to be talking about tonight. So we'd love to hear from you. Again, our number is 210-340-9585. Well, and I just want to start off by saying that you know, this this does pertain to men and women. Sure. Um, there's a lot of a lot of times and a lot of situations where it may be the man that is looking at pornography or has stepped outside of the covenant of marriage and started having, you know, sexual or emotional relations with a with another woman. But however there are also women that that get involved in that or and and are unfaithful in their marriage. That's right. And no matter which side of the of the house it's on, betrayal, adultery, pornography can be very devastating to a marriage. It can cause a lot of pain, it can cause a lot of real emotion, can cause emotions of anger and sadness and, and just loss. You know, we, we talked, we've been talking the last several radio shows about trust and forgiveness. Uh, last week we did talk about trust and just how it's, we aren't to put our trust in man or to put our trust in woman, but to put our trust in Christ. But when you're in the midst of a marriage, it is sure nice to be able to trust the person that you live with. And so there's nothing wrong with desiring trustworthiness, but when trust is broken in a marriage by pornography or by an affair or by, you know, just trying, having, having some sort of a, of an emotional, like you said, a fair emotional connection with someone that was not meant to, it's not God's best, then you end up having struggles with how do I, how do I learn to love this person again or how do I love this person when I don't know how to forgive what they've done? Well, so why don't we just start in? Let's go. Let's start in. And so, um, you know, I, I think the, the first step that has to happen is, you know, just kind of admitting that what has happened. I mean, it's not easy and it's not beneficial to just kind of sweep it under the rug. Um, it is important that both people want to see change. And and what do you think we should do? What, how should we help a person who might be listening right now who's saying, you know, uh, I believe my spouse is having an affair, but I don't know what to do. I don't know whether I should say something to them or whether I should uh, talk to them about it. And I'm throwing that question out for both of us because it's kind of a it's kind of where I think it's good to start is to begin looking at maybe you're in a place like you said where yeah maybe you have already talked about it or you want to start talking about it or maybe you have to start fresh and even ask or even bring up the topic of are you having an affair or have you been looking at porn? Well, the I always believe that communication is the best thing. Um, I mean, so by all means, yes, I, I think it is best to talk about it. If you don't feel that talking about it 
you know, is going to go anywhere between the two of you. It can always, you know, go out and seek for a counselor or somebody in your church to be a third party to kind of listen in. Uh, you know, because it's important that if a person is is involved in that. Yes, it is important for the spouse to to be able to just kind of be affirmed and and uh, be able to express their fears. But in the event that it isn't true, you know, it it really has to be looked at as to, you know, why would why would this be in our marriage and why would it even be a question in your mind? Absolutely. That I don't love you. I mean, what is it that I'm doing wrong that that makes you not feel loved or makes you feel like I'm finding, you know, finding finding love and finding affection somewhere else? Because I don't want you to feel that way. Absolutely. And I think it's important. I think that's a great point is is maybe the person that you think is having an affair, you talk to them and they say, no, they're not or Maybe they're, they're denying at this point, or maybe they truly aren't looking at porn. But, but in the moment there, it's still about how do we keep talking about this? You know, you want to, I like the way you said it earlier. You said, you know, it's about communicating and not letting it get to the point of, of battling. You know, you, you want to try not to let this become a battle, but more of a communication, more of a conversation. This is my fear. This is what I wonder. And maybe they have admitted to having an affair. Then, then, then you have to start talking about how much do I really want to know. And we're going to offer a little bit tonight about how much you should know. In our opinion, it is important not to know every gory detail, to not know every detail of every affair or everything the person's, if they've gotten into porn, ever looked at, but to know the, the facts. Yes, I've had an affair. Yes, it's happened for this long. And yes, it's been with one person or five people. And this is, this is how I did it. Not physically, but this is how I got in contact with that person. Either I have a problem with online chatting, uh, I met this person at work, whatever. Those are some of the details. I think you really want to be careful not to begin looking into too much of the specifics of who and what, where, when, what position, those sorts of things. None of those things are helpful. Those are only, you have to remember, those are only going to be hurtful for you later as they flow through your mind. Because when whatever you're told about the details of whatever the person's, your spouse has been doing, you don't want to have those in your mind later and you're having to deal with them. So what would be some beneficial things to to discuss? Well, I definitely think it's important to talk about specifics of what did happen, meaning was it an online chat and it went to emotional connection purely online and they've never met this person? Has it been simply, has it not simply, but has it been specifically pornography? Did it move into another place where you met up with that person? And what exactly happened? Did you, was it kissing? Was it touching? Or was it, was it intercourse? And so certainly those things are important, but I don't think it's important to begin looking at, you know, what does this person look like? 
what do they what is their build do they have better this or do they have better that does their hair prettier than mine is their face pre- i don't i don't think any of those things are important because to begin to get into those things are hurtful well and i think the important reason for for having that communication is because it helps in building trust and i know you think okay well how does that build trust well it builds trust by by um just learning that you can be honest. I mean, I mean, the person that has betrayed or has been hiding in shame because of their actions, uh, you know, that's kind of a freeing thing to be able to share. Hey, these are things that, man, I've been carrying this load because I have sinned. Right. I have sinned against God. I have sinned against my marriage. And so to be able to, you know, it allows freedom for that person as well as just just increasing the the communication because that's probably what's been lacking sure. for a while. Sure. And if and if both of you are willing, which it sounds like you know in this particular scenario that we're talking about a couple where both are willing, you know the spouse who has cheated or has looked at porn is willing to sit down and talk. That means that they're interested. That means their heart is softened towards healing. And and if the other spouse, the spouse who's hurting because of the betrayal, is willing to talk, then that means that we're we're on a good first step at least. And that's what's important is to begin looking at this first step as a way of not of drilling the other person about everything they did and what did they do and how many times and what happened and who was it with, but more, let's talk about, yes, what did happen, how much information, but be very careful that you don't go too far because too much information leads to visions in your own head later that you may not want to have to carry around. Exactly. Well, let's talk a little bit about, about once you sit down to talk, what are some things that, that can actually help? Because, I want to process a little bit of what the hurt spouse might be feeling. And we're talking about either spouse. I don't want anybody out there to think, wow, I'm a husband whose wife cheated on me, and they're not talking about that particular part of it. But for just sake of clarity, we'll talk, we'll talk about a, 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 a wife who's been hurt, who's been betrayed by her husband. Certainly that it can run both ways. But just to be able to talk about it, let's just say it was a, it was a wife whose husband's betrayed her. You know, she may need more than just to be able to sit down and talk to her husband. Sometimes she needs, she may need help from someone outside to walk through this with him. Uh, even walk through it with another spouse, someone, maybe another wife who's been through this. You know, we always caution folks to don't get too caught up in in meeting with your family, <laughs> because your family may not be the best people to meet with if you've been involved in your marriage has had an affair. Because if you sit down with your mom and dad and try to have a conversation, they're, they're not, they may not be able to give you the best advice. They also may not be able to help you very well. Uh, because they'll be hurting, because you're hurting. And so you want to be careful even who you talk to about it, because you want to be able to have people in your life that you absolutely will get an unbiased answer from. Uh, I realize that that's hard because when, when you're in the midst of this, you want to go to the people you trust. But you have to be careful not to go to those people who will only tell you 
what they want you to do, which is get away from him, get out of the picture, don't go back around there, you need to just leave. Because there really is a truth here that I think is important about marriage. And and anytime we start to look at a marriage, and I know we've been hurt, and if someone's been hurt, they typically are going to want to run to get away from that marriage. The hope there is, is that God always has offered a way out of, of that particular exit, or an alternative, I guess I should say, to that exit. God offers us a place where he says, I allowed divorce because their hearts were hardened. But if you have two parts of a couple here, if you have a husband and a wife who who adultery or an affair or pornography has happened in your marriage, and yet both are still willing to sit down and talk, then you have two soft hearts that are at least ready to try and heal. And so some people have used that statement before of, well, uh, it's, if it has to do with sexual infidelity, then I have the right to leave. It says so in the Bible. But it also says because their hearts were hardened. And you have an opportunity here. May, maybe you don't want it, but you have an opportunity here to allow God to work in your marriage, to actually bring this marriage who that may have no hope, some hope by realizing that we're both here. We both want to try to work through this. So God's going to be in that, and that's a great place to start. You're absolutely right. I think that I think that I'm I'm imagining, you know, the folks that that we've worked with and and the people because we've been doing this a while, and you know, there's going to be a lot of anger and a lot of hurt. You know, when you first find out about something like this or when you're starting to suspect that something is going on, you, you know, you start, you know, looking at everything that's happening, everything that's going on, you know. Um, and I am just saying that it would be, it is important to reach out, reach out to, if, if, it, if you're a wife, to reach out to, to somebody that's safe. A safe person that maybe somebody that's been there, but somebody that you know would have good counsel that, that, that is a good, a Bible believer. And the important thing and the reason for that is just because you don't want that anger to, to turn to bitterness. Absolutely. You know, once it turns to bitterness, it becomes harder not only for you to to take steps to restoration of your marriage, but it starts bleeding over into your children and into your, you know, into your other relationships and, and just into your own life as far as, as far as the way you see God, the way you're living for God, you know, that root of bitterness can really take hold and, and just bleed into all other, other areas of your life. Absolutely. It can also bring up past bitternesses and past hurts. Because sometimes when you've been hurt by something like this, it brings up all other hurts in your life, especially if you haven't dealt with them. Amen. And so before you know it, you have a real swirling uh, storm of bitterness and resentment. Well, we are coming up on a break here, but I want to offer our telephone number. Our telephone number, if you'd like to call in, if you have a question or a comment about your own marriage or a situation that you know, we'd love to hear from you. Our telephone number is 210 210- Three four zero nine five eight five, 
and we would love to hear from you. We're talking tonight about the unsavable marriage, that marriage that appears on the outside like there's no way that it's gonna, that, that it's going to find hope and healing. But God is a great healer. He loves to step in and he loves to heal those broken places, even in those places where there doesn't seem to be any hope. Our marriages are God's, one of God's most important covenants. And I think he loves to bring beauty out of the ashes of a broken marriage. So maybe you're suffering right now in a marriage that has been broken and has been uh, wrought with betrayal. And we want to offer to you that there is some hope. And we'll keep talking after the break about some of the things that you can do to look into your marriage and begin to seek healing for the things that are broken. Hopefully you'll keep joining us. And again, our number is 210-340-9585. Let him reign in my life and my heart. Love has done its part. Let him reign in my life and my heart Your love has done its part Your love has done its part Let him reign in my life and my heart Your love has done its part Well, welcome back. We're glad that you joined us and we're glad that you're still with us. You're listening to Healing Hidden Wounds Radio, sponsored by Shadow of His Wings Ministry, and we're glad you're here. We're talking tonight about the betrayal in marriage, about marriages that seem to be beyond repair. And we're just hoping that if you're listening, that you are finding some places in your life where you may be finding hope if you're listening and you've had some brokenness in your marriage. We're talking about the healing and hope that can come from God's best, and that is to walk through the marriage rather than to just cut and run. It is easy sometimes, and I don't mean easy in the good way, and I don't mean to minimize anyone's pain who's gone through divorce. I've been through divorce. Shay's been through divorce. It's very hard. But yet sometimes it is still easier to leave a marriage than to try to walk through it. And we're talking tonight about walking through it and finding God's best. Well, it may be easier to to get a divorce, but I don't I don't know that it's not more rewarding to stick it out and to see where God can take it. Absolutely. I mean, because I think that the people that stick stick out a marriage through thick and thin, through the hard times. I mean, there's hard things, even outside of, of this topic. You know, there's just some hard things that people can encounter in a marriage. And I think it's when you, you know, you take those vows, those commitment vows in, in the covenant of marriage, and you say, till death do us part. You know, and when you take those to heart and you you stick by that, you know, no matter what, I think that those are the marriages that are strong. Those are the marriages that that you see after sixty and you know how many every years. And and maybe you're newly married in the in the autumn of your life, and maybe you've only been married four years or five years, but still, it's the sticking it out. You know that. That is rewarding. Absolutely. And I'm not saying it's rewarding because 
necessarily because the because it does strengthen the marriage, but I think it's rewarding simply because God refines you. God refines you as a person, as his child, in teaching you how to love well. Absolutely. How to forgive. You know? I mean, because that forgiveness is just hard. It's almost as if as you go through something like this or any betrayal in marriage that you almost begin to find that your relationship with Christ is more important than your marriage and therefore his relationship is what creates a new place in your marriage that you can love again. True. It's like finding Christ through this process helps you to love your spouse better. It brings whole new meaning to you know, the, the cord of three, the strand of three that, that Jesus talks about, about, about building that cord of a, of a husband and a wife and him. The three is harder to break. And so it is that process of going through the pain of our marriage and the, even sometimes the betrayal of our marriage that brings us to a stronger place where we can face more together. Well, let's talk about some nuts and bolts. Uh, you know, let's talk about the communication. You know, when we start to try to talk, when we start to try to sit down, maybe a betrayal's happened. Maybe you found out that something's been going on in your marriage, pornography or betrayal of an, of an affair, adultery. It is time to talk. And it's time to, to try to talk in a way that you can sit down and, and have some some honest conversations about what has been going on because it's important not only to know what happened, but how did we get here? And so sometimes it's important to talk about, okay, how do you think we got here? How did this affair happen? Why did you start looking at porn? Certainly we work with folks, uh, mostly men, who have looked at porn all their lives because it's been an addiction. It's been something that they couldn't stop. They started at 10 or 12 years old, and they haven't put it down. And so maybe the wife is just finding out about it after 10 years of marriage. But sometimes a husband goes back to porn or begins to go to porn because of some other things happening in a marriage. Uh, sometimes affairs happen because of brokenness that happens in marriage. Maybe it is a lack of communication or there's a, or, or the relationship is not very strong or they're not communicating well. They're not talking. They're not relating very well. So all of those things can actually contribute to, to, to the affair now or to the brokenness in the marriage. Now we're not justifying it and for anybody who's out there listening, I don't want anybody to say, well, they're, they're saying that they have the right to have the affair because we had a broken marriage or because I wasn't a good enough wife or I wasn't a great enough husband. But I'm not saying that. I'm not justifying the sin of adultery or pornography, but I'm saying that sometimes it's important to sit down and communicate about how did we get here. Well, yes, that is an important, I mean, that is an important conversation to have. Um, the first conversation that will probably occur, though, and that should occur is, you know, is to discuss and to get those fears out of, out of the way. Because obviously, if you are the person that got betrayed, you know, like I had said earlier, there will be anger and and resentment and there'll be tons of questions, you know. And so I think at, at this point it's important for the person that has 
that has betrayed the betrayer, you know, it is important that they learn the the gift of compassion. You know, because it takes, you know, because that you're actually put kind of in a place where you are, you know, you're on trial. And, and, you know, you don't want it, the conversation to be that direction. I mean, my, the thing I would like for folks to remember is that, you know, you have two people, you know, that the common goal is to bring your marriage back together and to restore your marriage and to heal. And so you want to take your conversations and your questions and your answers in light of that, in light of that this this is about strengthening our marriage and about building trust. Like I was saying before the break, you know, it, all these, the questions and the answers and the discussions are all, are all to build trust. And so the more honest you can be about what you've done, your betrayal, or what, you know, whether it's pornography or whatever that is, you know, that you're honest about it. Sure. And, you know, you don't have to know the details. Um, I just think that those things cause more problems, you know, knowing all the details. Right. You know, it's not important. And so for that person who has betrayed, as Shay said, it's important to have some compassion. And I, I like the way you put it one time. You said at that point, it's, it's that person, and let's just say for, for easier, ease of understanding that it's the husband who's had the affair or, or looked at porn and his wife found out about it. And now they're talking. And of course, she's going to be pretty upset and she's going to be pretty angry and she's going to be hurt. And so, it may be his first response to want to defend himself and to become frustrated that she's accusing him or that she's pointing a finger. And I like the way you put it one time. You said it's now his turn to give her some love offerings that say, you know what, I have messed up, I have broken our trust, and I am willing to let you talk to me and, and to work out your pain as I work out my brokenness. And so that's an important thing is to have that compassion and to keep talking. It doesn't mean that you're forever going to have these wonderfully fruitful conversations. There's liable to be anger. There's liable to be pain. There's liable to be some yelling and some screaming. But when it starts to get out of control, it's okay to put kind of a hold on it and say, you know what? We're going to back out for a second. We're not going to make this our entire marriage. We're going to keep talking about these things. But for now, let's just pull away from this place and let's try to have some normalcy. Well, and I think it's even important to to say um, when it gets that way to put it on the back burner, but also to to have these discussions and set some form of time limit. You know, hey, we're going to discuss this for 30 minutes. We're going to, you know, but don't make this the, don't make this issue the highlight of your marriage. Absolutely. Remember that there's more to your marriage than this. Start taking steps to go out and do things that you enjoy doing together. Even, even if, if you're, 
Even if you're, we were right. going to say the same thing. Even if you're angry. And even if that's probably the last thing you want to do. Exactly. It is important. I remember sometimes when we used to have some pretty rough arguments in the beginning years of our marriage. And sometimes we just look at each other and say, let's go, you to a go movie. see a movie. <laughs> and we'd go to a movie and there was just something about sitting with the bag of popcorn. Sometimes we would hold hands. Sometimes we wouldn't, but it was just being in a dark theater putting our minds somewhere else for a little bit. And I promise you, for the hurting one, it's, and you're both hurting. Please don't don't misunderstand me. You're both hurting. But for the one who's been betrayed, that can be an oasis. It can be a moment of just some freedom not to have to think about it. And for the person who has betrayed, it can also be a moment of just, wow, can we just take a breather and relax for a little bit? And that's a great thing because sometimes it's helpful to just say, you know what, we will come back to this. We won't keep making this the whole pivotal points of our marriage because I like the way you put it here. You said, you know, to commit, to recommit to love again at some point during these arguments, to keep recommitting to love because even though you may not feel love, even though you may not feel love for each other, it's important to try to keep coming back to our commitment and the commitment that we're going to do this, we're going to work this through. I think we have a caller. I think we have Mary on the line. Hi, Mary. You're on the air with Healing Hidden Wounds. I'm Lee. How can I help? Uh, yes, I have a comment and a question, and I'm driving, so I'm going to ask, and then I'm just going to hang up if that's okay. All right. Um, my husband has been involved in pornography for twenty over 25 years. And there is no, um, I guess he's not responsible enough to say, I'm doing this, I regret it, so forth and so on. So at what point do you just say, you're not going to stop, what are we going to do? Because I understand what you're saying, and it all sounds great, you talk about it, and you continue. But in some cases, it doesn't happen that way. They, They refuse to give up that whatever it is they're doing. So my question is, at what point do you say, okay, you're not going to give it up, and then what do you do? So I'm just going to listen to your comment, and I'm going to hang up. Thank you. All right. You. Thanks, Mary, for calling in. Well, we, we sure appreciate Mary's comment. You know, that is a that can be a very lonely place. It can be a very lonely place for a a, a marriage, a spouse who finds out that that the... You know, that the partner has been looking at porn for that many years. Um, you know, I'll say a few things first. First of all, porn is just, it is a cancer. It is just a cancer in our society. I think, I think Satan knew immediately in the beginning what, what idolatry is going to do, what, what idolatry does. And so, Unfortunately, in our society, it's become such a norm. People say, oh, it's okay to look occasionally. There's nothing that wrong with it. So I just want to first of all say it is a cancer in our society. But I feel for Mary because I even, I even hear the hurt in her voice as she's talking about her husband who's been looking at porn that long. Um, I don't know the whole story. Uh, I don't know that if, if Mary, you've ever asked him, uh, to talk about it with you. And if you have and he's unwilling to talk about it, then 
you know, that's an unfortunate place. If he is willing to talk about it, would he be willing to talk to someone else about it? Does he want freedom or does he not see anything wrong with it? You know, the the dangerous place is to begin looking at things as if this, then we'll have to make this decision. Uh, and I offer that as only as a danger because, you know, I don't know the whole story. If, if, if your husband, Mary, is willing to try to get some help, then that's a great first, first step. If he's not willing to get some help, then it is certainly my opinion. I don't know what Shay would say, but it's my opinion that it would probably be helpful to, to just begin praying about, about committing to him and loving him through this place. I know that's scary. I know that that hurts. It may not it may not be helpful uh as far as as, as far as you needing to do something, Mary, but but it's also okay to remember that your husband is so many other things than just this. Yes, it's a sin. Yes, it's brokenness. Yes, he needs to address it, but he may not see it as brokenness yet. And are you willing to love him through that? The other place to that would be then start beginning to ask the Lord if you're free to leave. Uh, I do believe that most of the time God says it's a commitment. We'll work through this. But, but I know it gets discouraging, but I don't think you stop talking about it. I think maybe you keep bringing it up occasionally. It doesn't, again, is not the whole focus of your entire marriage, just like this isn't the entire package of your husband. Your husband is not just a porn looker. He's probably also some other great things or you wouldn't have married him in the first place. So you have to be careful not to focus on just this one thing. But I would just begin to talk to him about the importance of not having porn in the home with your children and and what is what would he feel like if porn was presented to to your children and 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 does he see it at all in a, that it hurts him? Does he see anything that it does to him? With regards to relating to you, what, what are your thoughts, Shay? Well, I was just sitting here and I was thinking about how, you know, one thing to to always think about is and to remember is that looking at pornography has shame wrapped all around the person that does that. I mean, it just has a way of keeping the person sucked into that. You know, that addiction. It's, it's the shame. You feel shame. And so you, you know, almost you're drawn to it to try and get rid of the shame. However, that causes more shame. Right. And so, yeah, I would agree and just kind of working on having some open communication. I don't know also if, you, if you've done this yet or not, Mary, but, um, but to just talk about, not just about what, you know, not about the pornography necessarily, but, you know, but what is it that, that causes him to do this? Sure. What, what draws him and, and really help him to start thinking and looking at what is it? And also, Mary, to share with him for him to be willing and ask him to be willing to listen to what it causes you to feel. Absolutely. And what it does to you uh, when he looks at pornography. 
you know, that kind of open communication just, just helps. I think praying, praying before, you know, before you have these conversations, open praying with each other and praying that, you know what, Lord, help me to see my spouse the way you see him. Absolutely. Or you see her, you know, for both of you to be able to see each other's hurt and pain and, you know, just to try and go in that direction. And I agree a hundred percent. And I think it's so hard sometimes not to see this one thing and see that as the only thing. So I'm going to keep encouraging you, Mary, to pray to help, as, as Shay said, help me to see my husband as you see him, but also help me to see those things I fell in love with that may be out, outweighed now by this pornography issue. And I can't, I can't say loud enough how important it is to do also what I think what Shay said, which is to help him to hear, not by coming at him first with telling him, you know, when are you going to stop looking at porn? But more, hey, honey, I, I know that we've talked about the porn and I don't, I know you're not, you don't think it's a big deal, but can I just share with you how it hurts me? Can I share with you what it does to me? Can I share with you how it makes me feel? And just to let you know, I know that, that you think it's okay or that you can't stop and, and I understand that, but I just really want someone to hear. I want you to hear as my husband because you love me and I love you and I want you to, to be able to hear that it makes me feel second best. It makes me feel less than. It makes me feel hurt. It makes me feel unimportant. It makes me feel all of these things, like you're replacing me for something else. And so I just pray, I pray that for Mary, that you'd help her to hear those words and to be able to share those with her, her husband. I just want, I just want you, Mary, and any other wife out there, uh, and I'm speaking directly to the wives right now because, you know, um, I just want them to know that they're not alone, and it is important to to find support. This is also for the for the men as well, but but I'm speaking directly to the women because I did want to let you know that we do have a wives retreat that's coming up in May. Uh, it's May 15th through the 17th, and it's just for just for this. It's to to really look at wow. What is this betrayal and what is this causing me to feel? Absolutely. And to bring women together that, you know, that are struggling with this. Sometimes it feels like you're alone. Sometimes it feels like you're the only person. You know, you go to church and it's like, I bet her husband doesn't do this. And I bet, you know, he doesn't do that, you know. And you begin to feel like the unloved wife. Exactly. And so I just wanted to offer that. If anybody's interested, you can go to www.journeytojoy.org. That's the name of the retreat is Journey to Joy. And we'd love to have you. It's a wonderful time of healing and hope with other wives who sit and just kind of communicate and talk and share and, and heal because there's some moments of healing there as well. So, Mary, we hope you heard all this. We appreciate you calling in. And, and Lord Jesus, I just want to pray for Mary, and I want to pray for her husband. 
I want to pray, Lord, as we as we are, are are on the air tonight. I want to pray for her and her husband that he would see her heart, that he would see the devastation that porn does. And as Shay said, you know, Father, so many times people see pornography as just well he likes it and it must give him a thrill and he must you know that must be why he does it. But it is so true that beneath the outer appearance of what it gives, it is, it's death. It takes all you are, it, it shames you into the horrible places of who you can't ever see yourself to be. And it makes you feel, it makes you feel lower than low. And so I just pray, Jesus, that you'd help her husband even to understand, to see into the spirit realm, to see what this is doing to him and to his wife and to their marriage. And I just pray, Jesus, that you'd help him to see that. Not because you want to shame him, but because you want to set him free from the shame of pornography. Father, you are a great healer and you love to set us free. And I thank you for for somehow perhaps using Mary and Mary's love to help set him free. Because you love restoring marriages. And I pray for restoration. I also pray for Mary's heart. I'm so sorry. I see that she's wounded. I, I hear actually that she's wounding, wounded. I hear it in her voice. I hear it in her heart. And I'm just so sorry. I want her to know she is a princess of the king. That no matter what he does, her worth is beyond measure. She's worth far more than rubies. And I just pray that she'd remember that. I also pray, Jesus, that she'd remember that his brokenness is not her shame. His brokenness is not her shame. She can hold her head high and say, I've done all I know to do to love him well. And he still is broken. And I will love him through his brokenness. But I am not ashamed by what he does because I am a child of the king. I am a princess of the king. And we thank you, Jesus, for Mary and her husband in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, you may be listening out there and you may be thinking, wow, you know, I can relate. We we do want to help. Our local number here is 210-887-9007. Visit us at www.shadowofhiswingsministry.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to help. Thanks for joining us tonight and we'll... See you next week. Now let him reign in my life and my heart. Your love is done its part. Now let him reign in my life and my heart. Thank you for listening to Healing Hidden Wounds, sponsored by Shadow of His Wings Ministry. We hope through the words spoken here, you found Christ's hope, healing, and restoration. Shadow of His Wings is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry, and this radio show is listener supported. Please go to www.shadowofhiswingsministry.com to donate if you'd like to support the work we do.